Yeah, and these were great lemons, by the way. Hello, and welcome to the third edition of the High Coast Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Rob. Um, I go by Drew, and he goes by... Rob. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sometimes your daughter calls me Bob, but I prefer Rob. Well, yeah, and she prefers that's Bob, ter- so you've agreed to disagree. That's a term of I say. <laughs> <laughs> um, last time, we talked about how uh, we um, have been set free from the constraints of National Geographic and how we thought we might like to um, start considering other options for the movie. Yeah. And one of the things that we decided might be interesting to do, and it's even more interesting now that we're not uh, tied to our original idea, is um, to make a short film of some kind. We don't know what. um, To validate our skills, in a sense. And I think for me, it's important maybe that we have something that we've done, and the operative word being done. Yes. so, uh, Rob and I have been talking a little bit over the last couple of weeks about uh, what we'd like to do, and uh, we've had a hard time putting ideas out there, or at least I feel like I've had a hard time putting any ideas out. Yeah, I've been just really busy in my job life recently <laughs> to think a lot about about what to do for the short film, but uh, then last night, um, yesterday we had lunch, you and I had lunch, and we talked about this, so last night I looked at some of my old scripts, and then I, it looks like you did as well. We sent each other a couple ideas, and I also brainstormed on the train on the way home. And um, I wanted to think about doing this short film, what are the things that I want to kind of want, want to kind of attempt and also practice, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. with it. Um, and then the things that I'm kind of not interested in now, which if you are interested in some of those things, then we, we discuss those. But I'm, I want to make something good and... Uh, quality, but not overcomplicated. And when I say that, I mean kind of technically overcomplicated, like lots of drone shots or jib shots. <laughs> yeah, or, right. Yeah. You know, um, but there are certain things that I would like to try. Like I would love to try a, a stabilization system, even if I rented one for a day or something, mm-hmm. um, uh, like a walking, talking scene or something like that. And uh, uh, yeah, so, and I also, we, we discussed at lunch the other day that I said I was interested in maybe trying something with actors you know, I mean, Heiko's film has started as a documentary, and we didn't think at all about uh, using actors in that. But no. now, if we just want to do like a short film to test things out, then I thought that'd be interesting. Sure. In in yeah. a way, I think it actually makes it easier because yeah. whereas in a documentary you are kind of following what's going on, if we decided to do something actors with actors, we'd be in control. Yeah, <laughs> which um, so could to be to our advantage yes. um, at at this early stage in in the game. And so, yeah, what to do idea-wise and, and how do we approach it? And I found that really difficult. Um, I, mostly I feel like, well, none of the ideas that I have are really good enough. And then I start thinking, okay, good enough for who or good enough for what? I mean, it's yeah. really just for us, isn't it? Yeah, at this point it's kind of just for us. But also if we do involve actors, they might be interested in having something that they could show. Yeah, it's something, it's something for their demo role. It's something for our demo role. But the the problem I think that keeps visiting me is that um, I'm not a filmmaker. 
I am, however, drinking a gin and tonic. So am I. <laughs> and <clears throat> I really like to drink a gin and tonic. Um, I, I like it even though I know that it's a weak night. Yes. And I like it because I, uh, even though I know that it's got alcohol in it and sugar in it, and um, it's not good for me. And uh, if I drink too many of them, other people will think I'm a drunk. Uh, or my kids will think that, oh, daddy smells like gasoline or something <laughs> like that. And, and, and still, you, you drink them. Right. And uh, you drink them <clears throat> because they make you feel good. You enjoy drinking them. Um, you drink them on a weeknight in the middle of your podcast to make a statement. I think I feel a statement and a metaphor coming on here. Well, you, you, you think right, because I've been overthinking this like I do everything, basically. And I, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that saying that I'm a filmmaker or that I'm making a film um, is, is like confessing a bad habit in a way. Or it's like doing something that's only about yourself, um, up to a point. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure I yet feel comfortable telling people that, oh, I'm making a movie. Although when you say that, I find that interesting because my ambition always, I've, all my life I've wanted to make films and I, I made my first film when I was 10 years old. My dad bought me Super 8 camera and it still exists somewhere, probably in my attic at home. But the thing that always inspired me about becoming a filmmaker was I wanted to give something to other people. Mm-hmm. So yes, mm-hmm. there is some ego in that. There is something me saying I have something that people are going to want. There's right. some ego in yeah. that, and yeah. that there's always ego involved in anybody making an artistic thing that they're going to say, "Hey, everybody, look at this." Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I always saw like how my mom was always so thrilled and and um, happy to watch like a Hitchcock film, and I saw how audiences laughed and forgot their problems for a few minutes, and I I thought yeah. I want to put some good into the world too, and I didn't really come to it. Um, so much from I guess the thing that has kept me from doing that is this idea of ego and me not feeling like an egotistical person and me not feeling like a person who is worthy of being the filmmaker you know yeah and so so uh and and there's also this thing you you meet people out there that are complete egotistical maniacs and they're doing a lot of stuff out there and they don't see that you know well some of them are talented and that's where you get these great you know, directors or great filmmakers who are, you know, both talented and have the belief in themselves to make all this stuff happen. And then you've got those people who believe in themselves and just don't have maybe the right kind of talent to go with their ambitions. Right. And I think that that's terrifying to see those people. It makes me cringe and it makes me feel uncomfortable. And then I start looking at myself. (laughs) Well, those people that have an overabundance of self-confidence, but maybe not the skills to back it up and don't understand that they don't have the skills. That, that's kind of an embarrassing yeah. thing. And then that, yeah. I think that's the thing that we're, we fear a little bit. Like, mm. what if I'm that? You know, what if I am? You know, you, you wonder sometimes. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we, we both had creative outlets. Uh, we made music and uh, recorded it and stuff like that. On, played in on our, stage. In our earlier lives, yeah, played yeah. on stage. Both and, of us. And um, I don't know. I think one hard takeaway from that time in in my life when I was thinking I was going to be music is you is you get so little honest positive feedback or you you get very little feedback at all you play your song for somebody like oh wow that's great Rob that's great Drew you know uh. and then but you know that person you don't really respect them as a musician say 
Right. I think they admire your effort or maybe, but you don't really know how much anybody actually likes anything that you've made. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a, a, an interesting, well, I, <laughs> now I want to back up. I'm going okay. to tell you a story. I don't know oh, if okay. it's interesting. <laughs> See, I don't even have the ego enough to say it's interesting, but it's an interesting uh moment in my life, which is that I played, as you just mentioned, we both played in bands and we played on stage, both in the same state, I think, of Illinois, yeah. in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, and I, when I was in my band, I was fully in. Like, I was, like, dedicated to, I'm going to go for this and try to be a quote-unquote rock star, whatever that meant. Like, try to have success, commercial success in the music world. I was like, I want to have a record contract. I want to have you know, a career making music, right. not a career as a music teacher, not a no, career exactly. as a guitar as a teacher. Performer. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And and I was also very young at the time, but that's the, I went for it. And just like you said now, you didn't get like the, you don't know how to trust the feedback or you didn't really get great feedback. And then several years later, uh, about, uh, geez, about 12 years later, I guess, um, I made a short film and I entered it into the Phoenix Film Festival. And it okay. was about a, two minute or three minute film um, and you could it's called Alarmed and it's about a guy who hates car, a woman who hates car alarms and her revenge against this guy who always sets his car alarm and it's much too sensitive so mm. it's always going All off right. at the wrong times and it was basically you could call it like a silent film almost a cartoon almost a live action cartoon no dialogue um, I submitted that to the Phoenix Film Festival and it was it was accepted and that was 2003 and it was a very interesting two or three days at that weekend because in the two days of that film festival, one thing that I that I did was I put myself into the film just because I didn't I had a it was easier for me to just do it by myself than to find an actor and and put them in it. So it was me and my right. wife at the time. Yeah, and 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 you had it very much in in the family uh, there. You didn't have right. to like bring in anyone from the outside no. who might think, oh, yeah, what's going on? Here? Yeah, right. You know, would be embarrassed later or exactly. something like that. So okay, so I think this is a little telling that you kept everything very close to home. But that's go on. true. Yeah, I did. I on. did. And then that weekend at the Phoenix Film Festival, people recognized me because they saw the film. It 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 it, it played at the festival, mm. and. Uh, I got more genuine, I think, positive feedback in those two days at that film festival than in all the years I played music. Right. Okay. And I really uh-huh. noticed that. I was like, wow, this is a big difference. Because uh-huh. people saw the film. I First of all, even people that weren't specifically saying feedback to me, telling me feedback, were when I saw it with an audience, people were laughing. People were mm-hmm. appreciating it. So even indirectly, I was getting feedback. And then people would recognize me and say, oh, you made that movie. That was so funny, man. I right. loved it. You know. And okay. I was like, in the years I played music, I did not get feedback like this. Well, it's very interesting that you say that. Now that I'm reacting spontaneously here, I don't have any background in film. I only have background playing in stupid bars where people are doing everything except for listening to the music. And you really have to fight to uh, to even you know have have people's attention at your own show. And I, yeah, movies would be very different. People came, they maybe they paid something and maybe they didn't, but they're sitting there in a seat in a dark room and they're there to see what's on the screen. Um, right. To, in a way, that sounds a lot more forgiving. Yeah. <laughs> so when, when do we go into these? Oh, yeah. No, I think we need to go into these now because you were in, uh, what was it? It was in Arizona, right? Yes. So, uh, and, and there they have the corn chips. Right. Mm. And I like um, I like chips and salsa almost as much as I like gin and tonic. And, Me too. And 
The reason, I mean, I told Rob to bring some snacks to the podcast uh, recording today because I wanted to be a little egotistical during the podcast. I wanted to do something for me mm-hmm. during the podcast. So I'm having a cocktail and I'm having some snacks to go with that cocktail. And um, and and maybe then the, um, the, 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 the music crowd wouldn't appreciate us doing that but maybe the film crowd a brainier bunch they're they're the into the ideas and maybe the pod crowd all 16 of you um <laughs> will um will appreciate that um we're, we're kind of doing this to make a point and to build up uh, i for one am doing this to build up my own confidence and to try to put on a different attitude than my normal attitude one that's a little bit more out uh, extrovert um which isn't natural for me but um, maybe it's something you can develop a taste for. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the thing that's frustrating about what we're discussing for for I, I imagine it is for you as well. You can you can crunch over my okay, speech. <laughs> Have that ego. <laughs> Go for it. Um, <laughs> is that uh, what's so frustrating for me is like we we spoke about the people with the overabundance of self confidence without maybe the skills to back it up, and when you see them accomplishing things, even though like you might go, I could do better than that. The frustrating thing is like, yeah, we might be able to better than that, but it's just in our heads. The only thing we can't get over is a mental thing. Yeah. You know, just getting over our own. And some people even say that the way that we are, where we're like, oh, we're not good enough is a sort, is a form of egotism. (laughs) Because we're like, (laughs) we're thinking so much about ourselves and how people are going to perceive us and like, oh, we don't want to be seen this way and everything like that. So it's a different form of it maybe. Perception is about other people, not about you. Right. Yeah. So, so, um, that's, what's frustrating for me is this idea that the only thing holding me back is myself and why can't I just get over myself? Right. And, um, I sent Rob a, a scene from my only screenplay, which isn't even finished yet. And I, I, I really like that scene. I think it's, it's very touching and a little poignant and everything, but I haven't showed it to anybody. I've showed it to you. Right. Um, you are even maybe a little more secretive (laughs) because you say that you have these screenplays, but I haven't seen any of them. You've seen, you have, you have the password to my screenplay and you can see it developing, you know, well, month by month, it was day by day for a while there. Um, and, um, but, uh, I haven't seen so much of yours. So I sent you that scene from my screenplay and asked you if you, if you wouldn't mind, um, linking from the podcast to, to that scene. And the whole idea there is that this scene is unseen by most any, like from, by anyone. Right. And, um, I, the, if the theme of this pod is to get out there and actually <clears throat> validate your reason for thinking that you're a filmmaker, um, and wanting to make that film, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to put that out there and and let people think it's terrible or let people think it's good or whatever. But, it, you know, it's my first screenplay. It was supposed to be a book and youth. I said, oh, well, maybe it's more of a screenplay if you're having trouble writing that book and took the advice and ran with it. And you helped me learn about the format and what verb tense to use mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. So now, now it's going to be out there. Or if it's not out there, it's going to be there soon. Um, and so I'm trying to convince Rob, who sent me two scenes of his own, to do the same with right. one or both of them. And um, so here live on the pod, not live anymore, I suppose, but I'm putting him on the spot. I'm going to ask him, Rob, 
are you going to put one of your scenes out there so that people could actually read it? Yes, I will. I will. For all 16 of the listeners, (laughs) (laughs) the potential 32 eyeballs, if you each have both your eyes, then yes. (laughs) You're sick, Rob. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I will. I will. I think that's a good, uh, I think that's uh, the push I need. And, yeah. and, um, I, and I feel that that's you and me kind of supporting each other and pushing each other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you also posed the question this week, why do we only have 16 listeners? What do we got to do to get more listeners? And, <laughs> and I reflected on that and I said, I haven't shared our pod on my Facebook page or no, in, uh, Instagram yes. or I haven't sent an email to anybody I know to say, hey, I got this podcast out there. Well... Maybe before the buzz of this gin and tonic wears off, I will get on email and I will email a bunch of people and say, oh, we are podcast, you should listen to. <clears throat> no, but I think uh, the, the, the simple answer is that we don't promote it. That's can- true. And I, and I do feel, even though this one is, is gin and tonic tinged and chips and salsa tinged, I feel that every week we get we're getting better and we're getting more relaxed and um, already I feel like this is going to be my favorite one of the three so far. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing interesting thing is that uh, I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I listen to a lot of them and the the ones that I admire the most. You go back and you listen to the first one. It sounds pretty much like our first one. Oh, well, it really good. does. Because that's encouraging. You, it really does. People, mm-hmm. every, everybody starts out. They're a little bit, you know, they're just not just sitting in their clothes yet that's not the right phrase they're not <laughs> they're, warm in their clothes right, as they really say warm in their clothes Sweden, yet. Yeah, and then yeah. as time goes on they get more they get, get more into it. and i feel no, like i think it's, it's very much of it's like when i decided i was going to take one morning a week and write music yeah and it was a tuesday morning and oh my god can i think of a less creative time in my life than a tuesday <laughs> morning but you learn how to be creative on demand, and I think that's mm-hmm. a sk- skill. And uh, being creative and relaxed in a podcast is also a skill. It is. I, th- I totally agree. So, um, yeah, we hereby resolve, I guess, to be a little bit more egotistical. Munch, munch, munch. <laughs> and, um, and hopefully to then be an inspiration to other people uh, to be a little more uh, out there. Um, I think there's lots of, I, I, I don't know, I, I consider myself to be a real nerd. Me too. Um, uh, we're, I'm into the technical bits, I'm into, you know, computers and stuff like that, and uh, but I, and I'm not a necessarily a cool guy, but I think that there are lots of nerds out there with great ideas and great skills who aren't um, doing everything that they could be doing out there in the world and letting all the the jocks and the cool guys get away with murder, and um, it's time to rise up and actually... And actually make the movies. Yeah, I think so. And that is actually a good segue to um, when you said you're a nerd and into the technical parts and everything. I wanted to know what you thought about that video from Casey Neistat, who said, like, the equipment doesn't matter. And he's a filmmaker who's had um, a series on HBO, and he makes commercials for Mercedes, and he's he's an established filmmaker in New York City. Uh, and he does this daily vlog, I hate the word really, but video blogging on YouTube, Mm -hmm. and... and, um, Sometimes he really annoys me. <laughs> I'm not like, I don't know if I'd want to be his friend in real life or anything like that, but I do like his, um, his, uh, ideas about filmmaking and, and I am like you, I get a little bit hung up on the, on the black magic, uh, pocket cinema camera and the latest and greatest things that, that, uh, in technology. But, uh, he made a good point, you know, about, especially this, uh, documentary that I have to see. I haven't seen it yet called Tarnation. 
that in uh, whatever year it came out, won all kinds of awards <laughs> and uh, was made for like 200 and some dollars. You right, know? right. Um, my film, Alarmed, that I mentioned, I guess if I'm mentioning it so much, I should probably link it. <laughs> you should. Um, in fact, um, I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it, yeah. Um, that was made. I remember that the the reason that got into the Phoenix Film Festival was it was part of a, I entered it as part of a challenge, a three-minute filmmaking challenge that you had to keep the budget under a certain amount. And I believe my budget was something like $45 or even less or something right. for that. Did, because, you, did you do that on film? No. Actual film? I did okay, that, that video. was a video. Yeah, okay. I did that on video. Right, yeah. I do have some other shorts on film, but mm-hmm. on 16-millimeter film. But um, that was on, and 8-millimeter film also. But that was on video. Uh, so what was your opinion about that video? So uh, the video mm-hmm. we're talking about is Casey Neistat's Guide to Filmmaking. It's on YouTube. Um, his uh, YouTube channel, I believe, is, we can link to it from a, um, at, we'll, we'll make a page on our High Coast Film uh, website about this podcast, and we'll have all the links on it on there. And I'll add maybe an edit at the end of this podcast what the link is. <laughs> right. It sounds good. So what did you think? <clears throat> okay. Well, the question in a sense is first, what did you take away from that video? And he, to me, he was saying, well, he had his little piece of plywood and he held it up. I'm not sure if it was marine grade plywood or if it was just regular plywood, but it said, uh, the story is everything yeah. or something to that effect. The story is golden. And, um, and, I agree with that to an extent. Um, and I was brainstorming myself this afternoon about why it is that I can't buy that 100%. And um, <clears throat> partially, his video made the point for me. There were, there were some some segments of that video that, well, he, he shot that vlog on, on a number of different cameras to illustrate how similar they were. And... Um, a different, like from ninety dollars to six thousand dollars. Six thousand dollars, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. And um, and I think in in a way he made his point. I mean, um, I watched that whole video, and none of those cameras kept me from from enjoying it. But he he used the technology as part of his story, mm-hmm. uh, as part of his video, which was about how the technology isn't important. Um, so if you want to talk about how the story is everything, I think you should just talk about how the story is everything and not a, show me a bunch of your video cameras. I will tell you, I thought the exact same thing. I thought that he was a little bit, he was being a little bit hypocritical, slightly hypocritical, in that he was saying the, the equipment is not everything, and then 90% of the video was about the equipment, right. and 10% was about the story. Yeah. No, and, and I definitely, I mean, it's not as though I missed the point with him, right. but and I, I tried to relate what he said to, to my own experience in, in the fields that I have worked in. And one of the fields is music. And I've had a band where we were all reasonable musicians. I'm not a, a great player uh, of anything. Um, but I've been in a band where we were all pretty good players. And, and, and I've been in a band where we had a drummer who could barely drum. Uh, we had a beginning bassist who was very talented playing the cello. This all sounds very familiar to me. <laughs> uh, and um, and I wrote all the music for the band, um, both of those bands. And um, there is no doubt that I wrote to the strong points of the band. Um, I wrote, you know, uh, complex rhythms that didn't require the drummer to be talented, but rather distributed the responsibility for keeping the rhythm among all of the players mm-hmm. in such a way that it was um, you know cleverly disguising the deficiencies of the 
of the group. And the songs that I wrote, they wouldn't really work with any other group quite the same way. And I thought, okay, um, if I were writing a movie <clears throat> or filming a movie, um, I don't think that I could keep the technical limitations uh, from affecting the story. Um, I think that you have to always keep in the back of your mind, I can't have this shot because I can't do it. I don't have the equipment. Uh, or if I shoot at night, it's going to look terrible. So I can't, I can't have anything that happens in the dark. Um, and so to it, it is limiting. And this filmmaker, she makes very difficult sort of movies. Um, they're very, very independent, you know, thinking. She said that she loves to be directed. Mm -hmm. She hates having complete freedom. That's the worst thing that she can think of. I'm sorry, is she an, an actor or a filmmaker? She's a filmmaker. Okay. Um, and she loves to have a box to operate inside of. Mm -hmm. She thinks that that is the best thing. And I, saw, I thought to myself, oh, that's kind of true. Mm -hmm. I think I see that in myself. I mean, I... Uh, I, I definitely I see that in myself. I lead, I lead a pretty free lifestyle. I'm a freelance, you know, IT guy and freelance writer. Um, but, I mean, there's nothing that's better than having, a, like, someone telling you, you got to do this, and I don't care how you get there, but here are the parameters. And um, so I thought, oh, okay, well, that is part of the excitement, that, that the, the equipment actually really does matter, because this uh, story, Tarnation, maybe it wouldn't have been the story it is at all if the uh, if the filmmaker had had access to the six thousand dollar package instead of the two hundred dollar package, right. and and so yes and no. I, I mean I agree with that to a to a certain extent, and I, I don't know whether that's something that only makes sense in the in the um, in the context of an ensemble like a band mm -hmm. or maybe a theater group. You write a, a a story to suit your actors. You know, you have this guy who has an incredible angry stage presence, so you're going to write that angry character. Um, I don't know whether that's it, because I tried to think about, you know, the work I've done as a photographer and how I've developed over the last 10 years, starting out with a cheap system camera and working my way up to better and better right. equipment, and, and how, you know... If you're going to if you're going to photograph hockey players in a dark amateur hockey rink, you have to have good equipment. Otherwise, you can't tell you can't do the story the way that that it needs to be done. No, but in that case, you know what you want to do, which is you want to film hockey players in a dark dark environment. Hmm. You d you didn't t say all I have is this camera that can't shoot in a dark environment, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah, you know I mean? no, that's true. It's so, true. Yeah. But 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 I, I agree with everything you're saying, by mm -hmm. the way. And and one of my favorite filmmakers, although I don't appreciate all his films, but I like his his uh, theory of filmmaking is Robert Rodriguez. And he wrote right. a book when mm -hmm. he was he made his first film El Mariachi when he was 23 years old, and it became a hit. And he now has had a long time, tw almost a 25 year Hollywood career, or I should say Austin, Texas career, because that's where he's based and has his studios. Mm -hmm. But um, he absolutely says always to people like look at what you have and right. make a and, yeah. and make a story that can use what you have right. so like i have this camera i have this location i have this person i have um this car i have you know and this is what i can make out of that right so right. i kind of i do agree with what you're saying it's a little bit of an asymmetrical relationship really if you say that the 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 technology always has to serve the story or the technique has to serve the story it's a that is that is true. If you have technology that can you can throw at something that isn't necessary, then then you shouldn't. But on the other hand, if you have an idea that you need to express, and the technology won't 
bear it, no. then you, you're going to have to think that through. I will say this, though. All of my creative pursuits, music and film, the ones that I feel personally um, turn out the best and that I feel got the most appreciation from other people were the ones that I just did with what I had. Hmm. And the ones that I purposely went out to get better equipment or write as good as I could, you know, right. or, or really work hard on, they aren't as good. They, they, they feel um, a little contrived sometimes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, almost like I'm showing off this camera now, you know, instead of just all, all I have is this, uh, what was it, mini DV camera at the time, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, that's what I have and I'm just going to make what I make. And I, I didn't think at all in my film that was accepted at the Phoenix Film Festival. I didn't think at all about uh, uh, lens, you know. Um, yeah, I need to rent this lens no, or I need not, to get that light. Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> you know any of that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a balance. I think that it's, it's uh, you have to make a balance and the, half of it is the, is the cliche of just do it. And mm-hmm. the other half is mm-hmm. um, do it as you know, best you can, but don't, don't uh, use the technology as a, as a crutch or like, well, I have a drone, so I'm going to put a drone shot in this. And then if it doesn't make any sense in the story, then it's just like, well, you just want to show off your drone. Right, right. <laughs> High Coast Film is definitely a case where we may not be making a drone movie anymore because when we were walking that trail, um, you know, and that was the center point of the movie, it really made sense to have a drone because yeah. that was exactly the right distance to ourselves yeah. vis-a-vis the, uh, the landscape to show the beauty of that area. And if we do something different that's more a personal story, well, the drone may fly out the window. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, any number of levels to consider there as as it applies to our movie. But um, I think that um, I don't, I'm not ashamed of having a, a, a Canon, uh, a, what is it, D5 Mark III? 5D. 5D Mark III. <laughs> it's a gin and tonic talking. I'm not ashamed of having a good camera. He also has that camera. And then he also has a 70D, which I have, and which he, I guess, broke. I saw one of those... Um, mashup of uh, or showing showed all the different other videos that he's done and it showed his 70d in pieces but i think he replaced it i think that's his main camera yeah and i i like that one for interviews because Mm it uh is has an excellent um, autofocus um it's the meeting what's beeping i have no idea well we couldn't very well have that beeping going on in the background um okay so yeah, that was that was the uh, featured video, and we'll make sure that there's a, yeah. a link to that. And um, I, do, I don't have any illusions about 16 people listen to our whole pod, but if anybody has any opinions on that, um, I think that our email addresses are available on our homepage, yes. and uh, we'll be happy to hear anything you think about that. And then also, um, we're going to link to these uh, uh, scenes that we've written from the homepage, and and uh, now we're basically begging you to have an opinion um, on those. And I, I don't care if it's a good uh, review or a bad review. Um, to have a review will be enough to satisfy my ego at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Oh. Um, well, let's see. Did we have anything else on the agenda? No, I don't think so. Um, you can find our information at heikosfilm.se. 
Exactly, Correct. exactly. Um, had so much fun talking about all the things that we might do and why we might do them that I almost forgot that we have this project called High Coast Film. <laughs> right. um, if you're interested in seeing how the film idea started, um, our initial ideas on that and how um, we think about the High Coast, then definitely go in on our homepage, uh, highcoastfilm.se, and check those things out. And then as we... Um, develop our ideas here about uh, this project in the middle, um, the short film, and uh, and start to refocus on the on the main project next summer. Um, you'll see more and uh, and um, better updates uh, to the blog on on that page. Great. Yeah, I have no idea how long this turned out to be, but it was certainly eventful, and I don't know. Um, you can tell us whether next time we should have a gin and tonic and uh, uh, indulge our um, need to satisfy ourselves uh, or whether we should keep it straight, uh, straight edge next time around. <laughs> Let us know. Well, thanks for listening. And um, we don't promise when, but we promise that there will be a next time around. Mm-hmm.